Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. What is this going to get us? Where are we heading in? When do we start to live, dear? When do we really begin? Research shows that boys spend an average 13 hours a week playing video and computer games, and girls spend five hours a week. Colette Smart from Family Smart is doing her PhD on violent video games and joins us now with some pretty enlightening information. It, it, is, it is huge at the moment. I, I must say, I think what we're starting to see in research is that we know video games are very much part of kids' lives now. We are seeing definitely that boys play far more than girls do, although girls are, are really coming up in terms of their hours and their time now than what we thought originally. I remember in my teens when I was at the skating rink and we'd, our, our average would be about one hour a week playing Galaxus, you know what I mean, in, our, in the late 70s. <laughs> and yeah, it's... and, and uh, it stands to reason because we now have iPods and um, iPads and your, even your iPhone, you can play um, games on your app. So there's a lot more gaming going on than there ever would have been in the past because it's with our children 24-7 on their mini computer in their pocket. So we're starting to see it happening a lot more than we ever would in the past. And the controversy is is all about the games that they're actually playing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think one thing we need to, uh, I need to say here is that um, parents often get a bit stressed out because originally we would we would always talk about the, the bad part of gaming. And I think we've, we've kind of moved past that and I will talk about the bad part of gaming most definitely but I think we need to just to put this gaming in, in some kind of reference we realise what, what we've known for, for ages, teachers would be able to tell you that software and and games have the potential to teach so much yes. because they're motivating uh, we have this immediate feedback that's provided, they adapt themselves to the level of the learner uh, we repetition and so this creates um, automaticity um, where, where children can do things far more automatically now because they're learning things through games. We get distributed learning. Uh, you have transfer from, from in the game to outside the game. So that sounds all like a lot of jargon. So if I give you some examples, we have things in, in the classroom like mathematics. Now my own daughter, I could never get her to do as much math if we weren't doing mathematics, it's just fantastic. It transfers from on the game into her classwork and her homework. It's fun. There's a lot of motivation behind it. She gets to build her little character, choose the clothes and so on. Absolutely. So we do recognize that videos and video games have um, fantastic potential to teach. Um, if I can give you a, a, a funny story, um, there's research that shows that laparoscopic surgeons that are gamers are better surgeons. Uh, and um, so I always say to, to clients or, or people that are, when I do my seminars, go and ask your laparoscopic surgeon, are you a gamer? Because if you think about it, your laparoscopic surgeon, you know, in the, in the operating theatre has to be able to look at a 2D screen and actually know what's happening inside your body in a 3D environment. So yeah, right. you've got to hope that your laparoscopic surgeon is not hitting your heart when he should be aiming for your liver, if that's where he's going for. Oh, another fantastic tool for kids is kids with asthma, they found... There's some games that teach little children how to control their asthma, and they play with the character. And those children are much better at managing their asthma than children who are just given verbal instructions. 
So, and I, and I say all this because to me it illustrates the point that children will always be learning something from their game. Yeah, that's a good... So it could be, uh, you know, fine motor control. It could be controlling your asthma. It could be learning to repetition in your maths. So your children are learning something. So then I have to say to parents, but can you be mindful of what is it exactly that your children are learning from their games? Absolutely. And so that always brings me to the point of violent games. Yeah. And so to me, um, we always know that there's, there's five dimensions, but the main two dimensions we talk about in gaming is the amount of play and the content of play. And so when children are spending large portions of their time playing, we're seeing a direct correlation and a direct link to poor school performance. And that can also just purely be because they're spending more time on the computer playing games than actually uh, you know, being outside or doing things with their bodies to increase oxygen to their brain, to even be spending time doing certain parts of homework, doing uh, interaction socially with other people. So we're seeing this poor performance. But it's the content, and particularly violent content, that we are now starting to see uh, links to increases in aggressive behaviour. Do you think that um, violent games correlates to children being less caring or helpful towards their peers? Most definitely. This is uh, something that I'm doing as part of my PhD, and there, there are amazing people out there that have done research now for a good 15, 20 years this has been happening, um, particularly now in the last five to ten years with the, the games like Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty. There's a lot more studies now. And so what we talk about is, is not a direct causal link saying if your child spends time playing Call of Duty, he will be a violent child. So that's encouraging also for parents who say, what if my child goes to Johnny's house on the weekend and we don't play Call of Duty at home, but he's playing it at Johnny's house? The fact that he um, might have played it one off or, or occasionally at a friend's house is not going to cause your child to become a violent um, adolescent or violent adult. Because I always use the illustration, if your child is learning to play the piano. A child who plays little bits of the piano, say, 10 minutes every day, or a child who does a cramming session on a Saturday, we know that the child who plays a bit every day will become the better piano player. Yeah, right. So the child who plays violent games more often and more repetitively is the child who will become more aggressive. And so what we're seeing, though, is, is violent gaming is, is most definitely one of the risks involved in future aggressive behavior. So we, the more risk factors we see with a child, the more likely they are to become an aggressive adult or, or child or adolescent. So you, if we look at risk factors like, um, say, your child has uh, come from a broken home and they spend time at home having to go home because mum is working and they have to let themselves in at home and so they spend a lot, of t- a lot more time on their games. And there is no adult to talk through the content with them. Uh, we're seeing adult interaction, parents' interaction with their children being a great factor in reducing the risk. Uh, say if your child happens to be someone who's bullied a lot or happens to be someone who um, has possibly a special educational need. So as we start to add those risk factors, particularly with violent gaming, we're starting to see a marked increase in 
uh, in children, short-term and long-term increased aggression. Wow. I think that the important thing for parents is, is definitely to um, not have those games in your home. I, I, I don't believe that they are beneficial in any way. Any child who spends a lot of time um, on a game that normalizes beating up other people Grand Theft Auto, for example, spends a lot of time where, um, as you move up in the game, you can go and visit and choose prostitutes. Um, there's a lot of violence involved with the prostitutes. Man. So it's, it's lessening uh, boys in particular. It decreases their view in the value of women as a person. Um, so I would encourage parents not to have those games. Rather, choose games where we're seeing that games with pro-social content is actually increasing children's pro-social behavior. So that's an opposite effect. So find games where they're still exciting for kids, but try and rather choose other games. Go with your child, help them to choose other games that don't have that violent content at home. And then even um, engage in conversations when your children have been at somebody and they've played the games or you've seen violent behavior on TV shows or movies. Talk about those. Talk about what it happens makes people think and how it decreases their value in, in humans, in, um, increases their, their value in rather gaining possessions because Grand Theft Auto is all about gaining more money, more points, becoming richer, uh, the more you beat somebody else up to get it. So uh, we found really engaging with your child in conversation and critical thinking is absolutely vital in this whole scenario of, of violent gaining. What is this going to get us? Where are we heading in? When do we start to live, dear? When do we really begin? Call it smart from Family Smart. Well, I think the Bible sums it up pretty well in Proverbs chapter 4, where King Solomon writes, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. You're listening to Light and Life from the Salvos.